We've been talking the last few weeks about uh, just a series called Body Life and what does it look like for us to be a healthy body. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, I used marbles and grapes to kind of compare and contrast. And uh, this week, um, as Rebecca mentioned, there are some uh, of my cluster of grapes from uh, from San Jose that are that are here. And uh, I think it was my my first Sunday with you guys at Bay Marin. We talked about um, yes, we are a church, small C church, but we are also a part of a big church. And so we really kind of sit in this room really as members of one church. We are gathering with other people who are part of the church in this Bay Area. And we are partnering together uh, just to get the word out uh, about Jesus and the difference he can make in, in our lives. So um, we come together in that way. And so we, we've talked about how important it is for us to be attached. We talked last week about the, the, the tension that we can feel when we find ourselves detached and that longing we have to, to get back into that unity, that oneness. Um, I want to start off with the, uh, this thought, and that is that the, the health of the body is dependent upon the individual health of the members. Does that make sense? Okay, we, we won't be any healthier as a, as a body than we are individually. And uh, it, your responsibility uh, is not the overall health of this church. Uh, your responsibility is, is your health. And so I want us to kind of think about what would it look like for us to take responsibility for our health and to grow. And that's not to say that we're unhealthy. I think it's just an honest confession that we all have room to become healthier, right? We all have a little room to grow, or physically speaking, we all have a little bit of room to, to stop growing and to, you know, <laughs> things like that. Um, there's a verse that I want us to look at in 2 Corinthians. Um, that would have been a good verse. I made that one up, but it didn't make it to the Bible, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but uh, 2 Corinthians 3 uh, says, And we all who contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I want you to take just a moment, read through that again, a time or two on your own, and ask yourself what really stands out to you in that passage. We all who contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. Is there a word or a phrase or a theme that stands out to you personally? Contemplate. The Lord's glory. Contemplate. OK. Yeah. So is it just like chew on it, reflect on it over and over? All right. What else? Transformed. Yeah, I kind of. I guess I've made that a little bit easier by, <laughs> by that. Yeah. So um, what this is talking about, well, it's, there's so much in this verse, but one of the things is um, uh, that we learn here is we are being transformed, which means we don't transform ourselves. We are being transformed. That means that someone bigger, greater than us does that transforming work in us, all right? And it's also the tense of that is we are being transformed. It's a process. So let me ask you this question. How do you feel about the process of change in your life? Awful. Awful? <laughs> yeah. What makes it so awful? Pain. Pain? Okay. Yeah, there's pain sometimes associated with it. Yeah? Change. Change? Yeah? Ah. I think that so much of our um, American society is, let's avoid pain, but you don't avoid pain. Yeah. It's just as painful to be stuck. 
Yeah, if, if you couldn't hear what she said, I'm gonna try and uh, rephrase that because that's better than anything I have in my notes. Um, <laughs> no, no, um, there's, there's pain and change, but there's also pain in staying stuck. Yeah. You know? And sometimes the, the thought of pain of staying where we are is enough of a motivation to get us going. And I feel like so much of the culture is like, well, it's a word before, and then people are unhappy, mm -hmm. people are unhappy because it's like I, I look a lot at people who are successful. I'm not talking just money or whatever, but mm -hmm. successful with joy. And, mm -hmm. and the common is that they become at peace that there is pain, but they choose the pain to grow ah. over the pain of I'm going to ignore this. Yeah. I'm going to mm -hmm. avoid that person. Yeah. And I think that's where God is. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The way he meets us in the pain and to avoid it is it's kind of a natural response. I mean, you don't wake up and go, now, how how can I hurt myself today? You know, it's it's yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. And I know from my own experience, mm -hmm. so I'm not trying to take over. But <laughs> <laughs> if I know from my own experience, I did, but I was like, well, I'm going to do the Christian thing and turn the other cheek and all these other, you know, it's like, I'm yeah. going to embrace that kind of pain. Yeah. But there was pain that Christ never had for me mm, okay. in the suffering. And I'm saying that I think that the, dis the learning discernment, because mm -hmm. he says yeah. the cup, mm -hmm. are you going to take this, you know, right. I'll, I don't want it, mm -hmm. but I'll take it if it's from you. The pain that, that he calls you to go through could be different than, than some of the pain around us. Other people yeah. want me to go through that's not from That's me. not yours. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, where is he? Mm -hmm. Where is he? Yeah. Um, let's just uh, pray and go at this point. No, that's, that's so, no, it's so, that's so true. And, and when we think about this process, um, yes, there is uh, just, sometimes there's pain. Sometimes it's just awkward. If you've ever learned a, a sport, you know, it, it starts off with awkward, you know, and sometimes it, you can kind of turn the corner and it becomes more natural. That's the goal. Um, maybe you are like me where you thought, okay, once I get this Jesus thing right, then I'm set. Uh, and I remember even as I began my journey as a high school student, um, saying, okay, I want to follow Jesus. And I was surprised that I didn't wake up the next day and all of my old habits were gone. And all of my usual desires were in the past. And it all, you know, it was, it was, it was less than I was expecting. And I probably needed somebody to tell me that it's a process. And it was probably a really good thing that they didn't emphasize too much that the pain uh, was going to be in it. I might have uh, might have pulled back from that. But those are all things that um, that do come with it. And so I want us to think about if we're going to get healthy and if you want to use the phrase no pain, no gain or something like that in there, um, you, you can. But what does it look like for us? individually to take responsibility for our own health and growth and we want to do our best um, to equip you for that i'm not saying it's your responsibility you're totally on your own but uh, whether we come as a faith community as a church as we meet one-on-one -on -one, we encourage each other in that but ultimately what jesus is saying is um, you cannot change without me and jesus is saying i'm not going to change you without you in other words, you have to say, okay, I'm, I'm in this as well. And so um, this, this uh, change that we're talking about, like we want to become more like Christ. 
And that could um, maybe get you thinking about a whole lot of things. Okay, I'm going to become more like Christ. And as guys, maybe we're thinking, I need to, to grow a beard and let my hair grow out a little bit longer. I need to wear Birkenstocks, uh, something like that. We're not talking about this outer likeness of Jesus that we want to, to become more like. It is more like um, the fruit of Jesus' life becoming more and more evident in our thoughts, our speech, and our actions. As we are being transformed into the likeness of Christ, we live with increasing levels of love, joy, and peace, which is something you've already touched on. This is, this is just kind of the natural fruit that is being born as we um, choose to um, offer our lives to Christ. So I wanna, we're going to look at a verse in Romans 12 that might be really familiar to some of you, and for others it's going to sound really weird, uh, but we are going to read that. Uh, but before we do, I want to just ask you to bow your heads, and we're going to pray before we go too much further here. Lord Jesus, I want to say thank you that even though we're talking about change and getting healthier, I just want to say thank you that you love us right here where we are. Uh, whether we're sort of healthy, whether this is the unhealthiest we have ever been emotionally, spiritually, if we come here completely bankrupt before you, I thank you that you love us. If this is just a real high point for people in their journey. I thank you that you love them right there too. Uh, and it's a real consistent love. So we thank you, um, however we come to you today, that we are accepted. I do pray that through the renewal of our minds that you will transform us so that we speak and act more and more like Jesus. Lord, I, I pray that um, with ever increasing amounts, we would be known as people of love and joy and peace. It's in your name we pray, amen. So Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, like I said, if you've not heard this verse, you're thinking, okay, wow, this is taking that pain thing to a total extreme here. Um, we're going to come back to that. What does that look like to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice? Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, there's that word again, by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, um, when we talk about transforming and becoming healthy, on one hand, we want to become healthy because healthy is the goal. Um, it's a goal in that we bring glory to God as those fruits of love, joy, and peace exude from us. It actually is bringing glory to God. But on the other hand, health is not a goal. It's a means to an end. And that is um, the healthier we are, that puts us in a better position to be Jesus' hands and feet out in the world. And that's, this verse is talking about as we are transformed, the healthier we get, then we're able to discern and do God's will. God has a specific calling for each of us, His will for you. And as you grow in health, you'll be better equipped to take that out. Now that word uh, transformed is a Greek word, metamorpho. Anybody know what we get our word from? Uh, metamorphosis, yeah. Uh, you can kind of think of uh, the um, like caterpillar, cocoon, butterfly kind of a thing. Because what this is talking about is, is it's talking about changing into another form. This isn't just you cleaned up. This is you completely new. Paul talks about this in some of his letters as well. We are made completely new. So God is describing for us a change that takes place from the inside out. And that's an important part of this too. It's not that we just 
muster up the strength to show love when we aren't really feeling it. No, we actually place ourselves before God in a way that he grows love within us so that our most natural response in a given situation is to show love or joy or peace. Um, and I believe that the process of being changed by Jesus is central to what it means to be saved, to be a Christian. Um, depending on what kind of faith upbringing you may have had, if you, if you had any kind of faith upbringing, it could be that you think that the primary thing that we do is we, uh, we receive Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we are forgiven so that we can go to heaven someday, which is a beautiful, beautiful gift but if that is all that the good news is, if the good news, the gospel, is only that we are going to go to heaven someday, then we have, uh, we, are, we have bought into a truncated gospel. The good news is that we can live a full and abundant life here and now. And with that fullness, that's what, we are, that's what we're trying to grow into. And so I believe that... Um, when we invite someone to begin following Jesus, if you are considering that, I want you to know that we're inviting you into a new way of living. It's not just, okay, we need to make sure that you got a ticket stamp so that if you don't make it home today, then you make it home, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, we want you to experience fullness of life right here. And for us to do that, um, we begin opening ourselves up to that ongoing transformation. Um, there's a lot about, uh, about growing healthier in different places, especially in the New Testament. And I want to read through a few of those verses. Galatians 4.19, My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. So uh, being used by God to bring about spiritual formation in others is a really good work. If you wanted to devote yourself to partnering with someone and helping them grow in their faith to be formed in Christ, then uh, that's a great thing for you to do. Romans 8 says, For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. We're again reminded that spiritual formation is a work by God. It's a God-ordained work. And your maturity, maybe this will help too, your maturity has been His plan all along. From the very beginning, he, is, he has said, I want you to be as healthy as you can be. I mean, what else would a loving father want, right? Um, and then in Colossians 1, Paul is really pouring out his heart to these people that he loves. And uh, Paul says, He, Jesus, is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may prevent, present everyone fully mature in Christ. Spiritual formation is for every. Christians, to be, to grow and to draw closer to Him, to live a life that just bleeds love, joy, and peace. That's a desire that God has for each and every one of us in this room. It's not just for those that are called to a certain um, task. Um, it's not for those who are like, well, um, I think I got it in me. <laughs> He's saying, no, you've got me in you, and I am going to help you with this. I want this for everyone. So, um, again, we cannot make these deep, lasting changes without Jesus, and Jesus isn't going to do this without us. And I went my first steps of faith, um, as I said, I was kind of disappointed that I didn't wake up instantly changed. I'm sure my parents were very <laughs> were feeling the same way that I didn't wake <laughs> up instantly changed. Um, but uh, for me, I kind of saw forgiveness 
And that's where my journey began, was just kind of coming to God and saying, there is a lot of Gary that needs to get out of the way. There's a lot that Gary has been trying to do that Gary can't do. Uh, forgive me, I need you to help me with this. And um, I kind of saw it as, okay, once I'm forgiven, I'm given this clean slate, and then starting right now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and do better. And if he's giving me a clean slate, then here we go. I'm, I, I, yep, I messed up, but today's a new day. I'm going to do better. Only to find out that I would still struggle and fall short. And it would just be this endless kind of trap that I found myself in. And so I would pray and ask for forgiveness again. And so the next day, here I am. I'm like, okay, what I did yesterday, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to do that again. And, um, but then I'd find some new way <laughs> to, to, to get off track. And so this was really a, a, a tripping point for me because if I did experience change, it wasn't change that stuck. And that's really what I was after. I'm, okay, maybe for a, a day, for a week, for a season of my life, but is this really going to stick? You know, I remember there was a time when I was really hoping that I could drive without losing my cool. And there were there were there was a season where that was like I would get in the car and that was my prayer. God, help me to just drive in traffic and smile. Okay, which was asking a lot. So yesterday I was telling Beth about this. There's this area close to our house where it goes from two lanes down to one. And so I sped up a little bit because mine was the lane that had the arrow saying, get over. And so I sped up and this other guy speeds up and doesn't let me in. I just want to say I did not smile. Okay. <laughs> there was a time when I probably would have, but that was, I, but I, that wasn't on my mind at the time. My initial response was not love, joy, and peace. So what would it take to transform me so that my natural response is love, joy, and peace? So that I can still honk, but it's to say, hey, I just want you to know how much I love you. That's <laughs> or not. <laughs> so how do we participate in this change process? If Jesus is saying, I'm not going to do this without you, then what do we do? Well, Romans 12.1 says that we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. You are a spiritual being, first and foremost, Created in the image of God, you're a spiritual being in a physical body. So we really can't do anything spiritually without including our physical bodies. At the conclusion of our time together here, in just a few moments, we're going to, um, you'll have an opportunity to participate in communion. That is, a, is an act where we offer ourselves in a way that we, it's a spiritual moment for us. But you will have a really hard time doing that without your body. Whether it's coming up here, whether it's picking up the bread, dipping it in the cup, tasting it, using your mind to process it, your body, your whole body is going to be involved in that spiritual act. We are spiritual beings in a physical body. So this change process that we engage ourselves in um, is, is something that we acknowledge it takes our whole self. Last week, I, I said, what would it be like if we began our day on our knees? I don't know how many of you remembered to do that, or maybe you do a few things and you're like, oh, I forgot, and you went and got on your knees, that's okay, God counts that one too. But, um, but again, why would we get on our knees before God? What's the importance of Well, it's our body's way of agreeing with our spirit that says, you are God, and I just want to begin my day asking you to be the Lord of my life. 
We're using our bodies in a physical way. So um, before we put some up on the screen, what are, if I were to say we engage, we offer our bodies through spiritual exercises, can you give me an example or two of a spiritual exercise? Singing praise. Mm-hmm. Yep, prayer. A lot of different forms of prayer, but yeah, that would be one. What's another one? Meditation. Say it again? Meditation. Meditation, yeah. Um, if you were to meditate, what would be the focus of your meditation? Christ, Christ okay. <laughs> um, would, do you find it easier to meditate on Christ um, out in nature, reading okay. the Bible? or so? Okay, yeah. So going out, beautiful place, we get out and we reflect on Creator God. It also could be, as I mentioned, it could be... Um, well, you were doing this earlier when I had you read that passage two or three times. That was, uh, you were beginning to kind of chew on, reflect on, meditate on Scripture. You, it had the word contemplate in it is another way of thinking about it. Can you think of any other ways that we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice? Yeah. Yeah, I, I love the thought of just kind of the, the normal rhythms of life. And is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, just finding, if you have an issue of anger, finding small places to enjoy your fingers a bit later on. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, I think that's, that's great. Finding these examples of where we can offer our bodies as a way that we are going to allow God to work through us, whether it's in the checkout line or something. Um, in Eugene Peterson's paraphrasing of Romans 12.1, he says to offer our everyday ordinary lives. And that's a great example of that. Yeah. Yes. Service. Serving. Yeah. Yeah. By placing ourselves in a position to serve, um, we are very humbly making ourselves available to others. I'm not talking about serving like you approach someone and say, boy, I have what you need. Um, be thankful I'm here uh, because I can really help you. No, it's, it is just an opportunity where we, we see a need and we make ourselves available. Yep. Dance. What's that? Dance. Dance. Yeah, that definitely involves our whole body. It's a, a way that we express ourselves in worship. Yeah. Um, earlier, there were some people that had their hands raised or other people that had their heads bowed. Um, but yeah, we use our whole bodies and, and things like that. When I, when I dance, it's very not glorifying to God. I don't, yeah, I don't have a rhythm, so it's really bad. Yeah, Randy. I study apologetics so that I can witness for Christ when mm -hmm. God opens the door to do so. Yeah, yeah. So the, uh, yeah, really in-depth Bible study, apologetics. Can you kind of see the different types of exercises that we're talking about? An in-depth study is going to be a lot different than dancing or taking a walk in nature. That's different than serving. That's realizing this in the everyday ordinary. So all of these things, and there's a, a few of them that are going to come up on the screen as examples. Um, but these are spiritual exercises. These are ways that we intentionally offer our bodies in a way that we open up ourselves to God's graces. We, again, are being transformed. We don't do these things to transform ourselves. We're just kind of putting ourselves in a position where that can take place. Richard Foster says this, 
uh, about spiritual exercises. These are the primary way we offer our bodies up to God as a living sacrifice. We do what we can with our bodies, our minds, and our hearts. And then God takes this simple offering of ourselves and does with it what we cannot do, producing within us deeply ingrained habits of love and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so this is something that we, uh, we place ourselves before God and there is a work that takes place. I'm going to zoom ahead in some of my notes here. And um, there is in this process, I've already described how I would try to do certain things, but really what the, a very significant step in my spiritual journey came when I realized that I needed to quit trying to be who God wanted me to be and trained to be who God wanted me to be. Instead of waking up and just trying with all of my strength, what would it look like for me to um, submit or surrender to specific practices that would train me to do something at a later date that I'm not able to do right now? Um, I want to share this, uh, this story with you. Uh, William, I know this is one of your, one of your favorite stories. Um, so, so when I was in seminary, um, I thought, like a lot of other seminary students, I thought one thing that I want to do before I graduate is I want to enter a bodybuilding contest. And uh, that's a joke, okay? I mean, I did, but nobody else in seminary thought to do that. But I'm, I'm going to seminary in Fort Worth, Texas at the time, and uh, I thought um, I have always wanted to, to just kind of bulk up and, and things like that. When I graduated from high school, I was 6'5", hundred and about 80, 85 pounds. Um, I was, uh, I wore, my Levi's were 29, 36s, people, okay? Like super skinny. I've got a picture of me from high school, I think, that, uh, that we can pull up here. Yeah, that is me. Um, yeah. Maybe not. All right. So, um, <laughs> more than you know. Beth can attest to some of my childhood. I had real bushy hair and those exact glasses. But anyway, um, so, so here I am making myself a, a available to this. Uh, so I, I hire a personal trainer. His name is TJ. He is like drill sergeant kind of a guy. And uh, TJ, uh, I went to him around Thanksgiving. I think it was in November-ish of 1993. And he said, there's a contest in May of 1994 that we're going to get ready for. And, and kind of the, to use the training analogy, I was going to train to do someday what I was not able to do today. And uh, he knew what my goals were to, to uh, put on some weight and to wow the girls and whatever. And uh, neither one of those really happened. But um, and so I, I committed to what I thought was going to be, you know, I knew I was going to have to come into the gym a few times. But um, this guy had like zero mercy. I remember my first day, first leg day working out, I'm on an angle leg press and I feel in my stomach like I'm about to throw up. And so I warned him, you know, I thought that was the good thing to do. Hey, I think I'm about to throw up. And instead of him saying, whoa, stop, he pulls a trash can over and tells me to keep going. <laughs> so this is kind of what my training was like. Um, and little did I know what I thought was going to be like an hour a day, five days a week, ended up becoming this whole new lifestyle. He talked to me about the type of rest that I needed to get, how I'd have to rearrange my social life, which I told him I needed to first get a social life. And uh, he would, uh, he, we talked about diet and things like that. There was so much more than just the working out. I found out that I was going to have to pose 
do like a choreographed thing to music for this contest, which I had no idea um, what I was doing. Like I said, I'm, but I don't have a whole lot of rhythm. Um, I had to tan. I'm shaving my legs, um, doing all of these things that I hadn't really, I didn't process all that was going to have to take place. But I'm, you know, I'm thinking, wow, this is great. I'm, I'm walking around to girls thinking I have discovered something going, did you know that if you put your leg up on the side of the tub, it's easier to, you know, and they're like, yeah, we... <laughs> We already knew that. I'm like, okay, I just thought I'd share that. Um, so uh, then I had to buy the embarrassing little outfit that has to be worn in situations like that. And so, again, training is, is rearranging your life around certain activities that allow you to do someday what you're not able to do today. For me, I was rearranging my life so that I could do something in May of 1994 that I was not able to do in November of 1993. So how did I do? I offered my body as a living sacrifice in many ways. So how did that turn out? Um, so the, uh, the second, it was like a two-day contest, and uh, they, they told us to get up there on stage, and we're going to announce what place you came in, and we'll give you your trophy. And I just want to say, just tell you right now, in the uh, men's novice Heavyweight division, I came in third out of three. And I'm uh, <laughs> really proud of that. And uh, when the lady came up to give me my trophy, the instructions were to you know, take your trophy pose. And, and so she hands me the trophy, but she says something to me. And I wasn't exactly sure what she said, but I just took the trophy and pose. And I looked at the trophy and I realized what she was telling me. I, have, I still have this trophy. Uh, Barry, can you tell me? What you notice about this trophy? Oh, it looks like a woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a woman. And uh, built much better than I was that day. Uh, I will, uh, and it says here on the plaque, Te Texas Natural All-Star Bobby... It says, it says bodybuilding. They misspelled bodybuilding. It's bodybuilding. <laughs> Texas Natural All-Star uh, Bodybuilding Championship. Women's novice third place. So what, what, what the girl told me was we accidentally ordered... Uh, double the women's novice and we'll get you a new trophy later and I was I thought about it and I told him later I said no this is actually really good motivation um, to keep going because because she's bigger than me and uh, so I, I say all that and I, I let this sink in okay um, so I did all that work for that trophy but get this, I could have never trained, never done any of those things, and shown up on that day and gotten that same trophy. So why train? And I think some Christians might have the same kind of perspective. Um, okay, so I've asked Jesus to forgive me, and I'm going to go to heaven someday, so why train? Well, what's the point of that? Why would I put myself through the pain of transformation? Why would I go through that awkward stage? Why would I schedule time in my day to pray, to open up God's Word? Why, why train? What's the point of that? Um, so the day after the contest, I got a knock on my door from a good friend, uh, Susan. She was one of several seminary students that went to cheer me on at the contest and uh, walked out with bags on their head. It was really kind of weird how that, no. Um, but she was, she was there cheering me on, and so I get a knock on my door. 
I look, uh, kind of pull the blinds back, and it's Susan, and she's holding up a cake that has written on it, congratulations. And I was like, through the, the glass, I'm like, what's that for? And she goes, congratulations, let me in, let's eat some cake. And uh, we actually kind of argued through the door for just a little bit. I was like, I don't know that that's the right cake uh, for a third out of three and all that. But eventually I opened the door and uh, we had a great time. Um, it was good to eat cake for the first time in quite a while. Here's what I have found when it comes to training. Why train? Do I believe that in God's great grace that he is going to welcome me into heaven someday? Yes, I do. So why train? Because when I open myself up through these spiritual exercises, I get to hang out with Jesus. It's like he is saying, congratulations, let's eat some cake. Let me in. I get to spend time with Jesus. And, and I've spiritually done that same kind of arguing where I'm like, congratulations. I mean, I blew it yesterday. Two lanes went into one. It was not pretty. Congratulations. Let me in. Let's eat some cake. So if I will open myself up to these incredible walks where I can meditate on him, where I'm opening up the word, where I'm praying, all of these spiritual exercises afford me an opportunity to spend time with Jesus. Tomorrow morning, before my kids get up for school, I will get up. And guess what I get to do? I get to spend time with Jesus. I make my way down. I also spend time with coffee. <laughs> make a cup of coffee. Um, settle into this little blue sofa that we have that's, that's next to the spot where I can set my coffee. And I'll open up the word. And I pray that the word will open up me. And I get to commune with the creator of the universe. Sometimes I walk away from that wowed, and sometimes I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know that I got a whole lot out of that. But I, I try and picture in my mind Jesus also sitting on that couch with me. This is our time together. And he's not going to stay on that couch. He goes with me through the checkout line. He's sitting with me in the car. He's hanging out at the dining room table as we're having a meal as a family. I get to spend time with Jesus. Why would you train? I think it'd be for the same reasons. And as a process, in that process, we are opening ourselves up to change. As we turn the corner towards communion, um, again, we are going to engage our bodies in this spiritual, very sacred act of remembering that Jesus literally offered his body for us. His body lifted up over us, his blood shed for us. So when we take that bread and dip it into the juice, it is our way of engaging our bodies in a very spiritual act. And we do this week after week after week because we believe this is one of the ways that we will be transformed. Just as you can't go to the gym and do one really hard set and expect that to make all the changes. You've got to commit to this ongoing routine, this rhythm. One of our rhythms as a church is we gather together at the table. And through this, we invite ourselves to be transformed, to be changed as we keep coming back to this example 
that death precedes life. That, the, that we are created for life someday, but as we have these many deaths today, we get to experience fullness of life here today. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head. And as we prepare for this time of communion, just in your own words, would you just open up yourself and say, Jesus, I am looking forward to spending this time with you. And would you let yourself imagine Jesus looking at you and saying, congratulations. Let's eat some cake. Congratulations. Let's, let's do life together. Let's talk. Father, we thank you for the gift of time with your son. We thank you for the spirit that allows us, the, your Holy Spirit that works in us so that we can commune with you. Lord, in this time, we say thank you. Thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. Thank you for that picture of literally offering up your body, Jesus, for us. And may we grow healthier as we offer our bodies back to you in sacrifice. Lord, we bring all of us to the table this morning. Our bodies, our minds, our spirit, our soul. We ask that... Um, we would be blessed in this time that we spend with you. It's in your name I pray. Amen.